Hey guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Em. And I'm Kira. And today we are recording this on Monday the 5th of April, which means we're now in my birthday week. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me laugh how like people make a big deal about birthday weeks. Like, when did birthday become birth week? I think it's important too. I think it's because you can't do everything that you want to do on one day. Yeah, I feel like I'm spreading out the joy. I actually feel like I've been in a birthday week for the last, you know, because we've had the bank holiday weekend. True. And there's been so much fun stuff going on, especially now you can, like, meet people outside more, you can travel a bit further. Today, me and my housemates are going to drive to Whitby and have some fish and <gasps> chips. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. I'm Which, a bit jealous. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that kicks off the, uh, the birthday week quite well. Um, yeah, so do you want to round up your week? And obviously this week we're going to introduce the weekly high and low, so don't forget that. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, we thought that it would be fun. I think we kind of came across this idea basically because in one of the questions that we got last week, I think, or maybe in your roundup last week, you talked about how you'd not had such a good week. And yeah. I thought it would be nice to kind of bring attention to the fact that we will have highs and lows each week. Sometimes the low might be something really silly and other times maybe something a bit more serious and just you know give a bit of balance to our weekly roundup because we do generally focus on the more positive things yeah so I guess I'll start with my high and low okay. now my... Hit me with it. <laughs> my high of the week was a really easy one to choose and that was the fact that in the beginning of March I decided to set myself a running challenge which was to run 80 kilometers or 50 miles in the month of March and I finished that on Wednesday which was the 31st of March did my final run reached my goal and I was just very proud of myself because I was doing well in the first half of the month and then in the second half of the month we obviously started moving house and I fell behind and I thought that the challenge was dead dead and gone (laughs) forgot about it um no (laughs) dead dead (laughs) if anyone hasn't seen the graham norton tiktok that was that (laughs) reference um but thankfully jay was less willing than i was to let me quit my challenge so he motivated me through the last couple of weeks of the challenge got me back on track and i really enjoyed it so had a great time doing it. It was tough, but I was just very proud to actually have I'm proud of you. finished it. Yeah, Thank that's a you. massive achievement. It's so nice when you set yourself a goal that like is achievable and then you do achieve it. Like I just said the most obvious statement <laughs> in the world. <laughs> but no, I feel like it was exactly what I was going for because I was coming into it having not really done much running for a very long time. And I wanted to set something that was going to be a challenge. Not that I could just like do without even putting any effort in. But also I didn't want to say like, 500 kilometers because I was like obviously I'm never going to do that so I wanted to find something in the middle and that one turned out to be the perfect length of challenge to push me but that I actually could achieve it so finishing my March running challenge was definitely my high for the week and then my low for the week (laughs) (laughs) just had to process unnecessary (laughs) thoughts it was actually literally just happened yesterday um so because now we are allowed to see more people in outdoor settings and um, some of my family members came to York yesterday um, for a little like social distance walk and I was walking with a hot chocolate with my little sister and my <laughs> brother and um, <laughs> I always walk quite close to the edge of the, the path for no apparent reason because I am so clumsy and before I knew what even happened I'd like fallen off the path (laughs) one foot fell down it was quite a deep curb and one foot was still on a load of my hot chocolate flew into the air and I was just I didn't hurt myself but I hurt my ego because it was really embarrassing your pride your pride was damaged it was it really was I didn't get any hot chocolate on me which I was impressed about that's a high (laughs) a high but the, the fall definitely a low, was a low. So, yeah so those have been my highs and lows aside from that it's been a week of doing more house organization but I think that's the last time I'm gonna say that on the podcast <laughs> you have got beautiful bookshelves behind you now though exactly I've got beautiful bookshelves and that was like the last big thing that we're waiting to get delivered that we're gonna have to assemble and then take things out of boxes so I kind of felt like it was such a relief actually getting 
the last few things out of boxes and once the sofa arrives then the house will be complete but I'm not as worried about that because that literally just requires us to put legs on a sofa and then it's done <laughs> we don't have to put anything on it so you've a really horrible <laughs> visual of a sofa with human legs <laughs> ew <laughs> why am I like this um <laughs> oh oh that was David. really nice, nice weather this week <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a little bit of sunshine. Sunshine, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it was 21 degrees two days in a row, which was exciting. Um, and I did a lot of outdoor reading. So the final nice. thing I'll talk about in this wrap-up is the two books that I read and finished this week. Both of them are memoirs. The first one is Wild by Cheryl Strayed, which is her story about hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, which is a huge, like, I think 2000 or something mile trail up the west coast of America and she hikes this trail after her mum passes away um, dealing with grief she's also dealing with some substance abuse problems um, and it is just such an inspirational motivational empowering story so I loved that inspirational motivational what a nice collection of I words know. it really is I wish I had another annul but it, there was no other motivational inspirational <laughs> Oh, carry on. Move on. <laughs> and um, the other memoir that I read was actually an audiobook that I listened to, and this one was Group by Christy Oh, Peake. yes. You have yes. read two excellent... Well, I haven't read Wild, but I've watched Wild. Mm-hmm. Two excellent books. It was such a good week. So Group is about Christy Tate's experience with group therapy. So it's a really interesting group therapy dynamic, a little bit unconventional. It's a group that is founded on the basis of not having confidentiality. They can talk about anything in the group. They can talk about the group to anyone. And it feels very radical, especially to Christy, who is going to group therapy because of the fact that she feels that she can't have intimate and close relationships, that she constantly chases after friends and romantic partners who are unavailable, who don't really want to be with her and don't treat her very well. And so going from someone who lives life in a very like solo way, um, she then goes into this group therapy dynamic and is suddenly confronted by having a group of people who are there for her, who she can be open with, and then that kind of shifts her whole perspective on relationships. But it's not a quick fix type thing, like she goes into the experiences over several years, which I thought was really good because it showed the ups and downs of her recovery and the fact that mental health isn't like a linear experience and I just really really liked it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that book when I read it. You actually bought it for me for Christmas and it was definitely one of the most insightful memoirs I've read in a long time. I love that one too. Yeah, it was really good. I'm loving memoirs and <clears throat> I've got a frog in my throat. I'm so but... <laughs> glad that you're loving memoirs. I've got so many I want to lend you. Please do because I'm just so... In... I don't know what it is at the moment. I'm not really finding myself gravitating towards fiction as much. Yeah. Do you know why? But the memoirs are just... Sometimes you just need a memoir. I love reading about people's experiences. I do, yeah. And they just, both the ones I read this week, just so good. So that was my week. What about you? What was your high and low? Okay, so I was thinking about this for a long time before we FaceTimed. So my weekly high is obviously as the lockdown restrictions are easing, you can now go and sit in people's gardens. So I'm mm-hmm. spending half of my life in Kira's garden. And love I it. made friends with the cat <laughs> next door. <laughs> Oh my god, yes, that is definitely your Yeah, so Kira has a cat, a black cat. Well, she doesn't have a cat, but he's called Baxter and he lives next door and I feel very starved of cat attention when I am in York because my parents have a cat and he is my cat called Bobo. Miss you so much, Bobo. Um, So when I'm... <laughs> if you're listening, Bobo, shout out to you. You are my main man. We actually, I actually had a conversation with a friend yesterday. And um, what film were we watching? Are we watching San Andreas? This is definitely a tangent. And um, basically, someone gets stuck <laughs> in this earthquake, and someone goes back to save them. And and he asked me like, who would you go back to save? And I was like, probably only Bobo. <laughs> so shout out to you, Bobo. I'd save you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, tangent. That was a massive tangent. Kira has a cat next door named Baxter. I am starved <laughs> of kitten attention and I made friends with the cat next door. That is my high. Love it. Yeah. it was, you was, uh, the look on your face when the cat turned up was just I priceless. know. I feel like we, like, I feel like he knows who I am. Like, I'd, 
I do think he's starved of attention too, but I think he does know who I am. So that was my weekly mm-hmm. high. Then my weekly low, obviously, as I mentioned last week, I am dealing with the emotion of grief and that is a process. It has a lot of highs and lows. And mm-hmm. on Saturday night, I think it was Saturday night, I basically I planned a lot of things with my housemates, going on walks with people in this kind of week, just because I knew I'd want to be around people and I'd want to be busy. Um, mm-hmm. Because it is really, it really tough to struggle with grief. Um, but Saturday night, I was alone in my house and so I ordered a five guys I put a shout out to you Kira for helping me choose which takeaway to get because that was a process um put on this is us which is a highly emotional program but I do I do think it was the right choice and I thought I'll light a candle and I went to go and light a candle and the lighter died and I cried (laughs) oh no but I I quickly bounced back but I thought it just kind of represented the fact that you know grief is a process of highs and lows because quickly after that I just you know my takeaway arrived I was watching this is us beautiful evening um but it is definitely a work in progress so Mm -hmm. yeah I thought I'd just mention that because anyone else out there that's struggling it's okay to cry over a candle or to cry over a big thing like it is a process and it is fine um another high of the week which is kind of just something I wanted to mention but is definitely a high is that Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid arrived on my door. A proof copy. I've been waiting so long for the proof copy of that. I requested it a couple of months ago and I think there was high demand for the proofs. So they were having to like churn them out quite quickly and I was on the waiting list. So I have just started reading that and I'm I'm literally a chapter in and I'm absolutely hooked. Taylor Jenkins Reid just has this magical way of telling a story and I just Mm -hmm. absolutely love it. So I'll report back more next week on that when I've read it, because that was in my top four anticipated releases of the year. And I actually have managed to get arcs of three out of four, which is just- If you get an arc for Sally Rooney, I would literally, I think, (laughs) internally combust. I don't even know what I'd do. (laughs) If you'd have told me though, that like when I started BookTube, that obviously this isn't why you start BookTube, but if you'd have told me that I'd get to a point where I was getting to read all of my anticipated releases in advance, I'd be like, what a dream. I'd love to know how you do it because I have never gotten an arc, I don't think. Well, I mean, some of them, I think when you just get on the list, then they just send you more. But in terms how of... How you the, get on the list? I want to be on the list. Yeah, you need to email publicists. That's the... Maybe we can talk about that in a podcast episode <laughs> once. How to get arcs. Um, but yeah, that was very exciting. Obviously, entering the birthday week, going to Whitby today. Got not, lots of nice plans, including with you on Woo-hoo. Thursday, my actual birthday. So I'm very, very excited. excited about that. But the most exciting part of this roundup, this this weekly, like this first section is probably going to be a bit longer because <laughs> we have a surprise segment. <laughs> It's a surprise to me as well. I told I didn't Kira, know yeah, I told Kira I had a surprise segment for the podcast, um, and she doesn't know what it is, um, and I didn't want to tell her because I'd ruin the surprise. So, <laughs> like I said, I've been trying to fill my time with like people and company and things to kind of distract myself from the fact mm-hmm. that this is quite a difficult time. So, I joined Borrow My Doggy. Ah! Which is an app. I told you about that, didn't I? Tell you you did, yeah. yeah. You told me because you okay. saw a dog in the park that you thought was... Yeah, I was like, I'm sure I recognise you from Borrow My Doggy. So if you, don't know what, Percy. Percy, if you don't know what Borrow My Doggy is, it's an app where you can um, kind of... You have to verify yourself as a legitimate human and then you can take people's dogs for walks. So I joined that app and it's no secret on this podcast that I am also on dating apps. So today's segment is... <laughs> Guess whether the bio is from a Hinge profile <laughs> oh or a God. Borrow My Doggy profile. <laughs> oh my God, Are you excited? Yes. And I would just like to say that most people that I've asked have got this wrong. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to give you the one by one, the six. Okay. Okay, so this is the first bio line. My greatest strength is sleeping all day. Is this man or dog? <laughs> Surely dog. <laughs> that is man. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next one. Give me a good thigh tickle and a long walk. <gasps> is that a man? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's the most obvious. That's a dog. Well, that's why I thought it sounded so obvious that it was a dog that I was like, wait, is this going to be a surprise man? <laughs> it's so hilarious when you have both the apps, how similar the profiles can be. Okay, so number three. I've got a lot of energy and I like meeting new people. Dog. Dog. You're right. Okay. (laughs) It's tricky though, isn't it? It's tricky. Yeah. My mum got every single one of these wrong, including the thightickle one. She thought it was man. (laughs) Well, yeah, I feel like, I just thought, you know what, maybe he's really open about one. (laughs) Okay, next. (laughs) The key to my heart is long walks and good food. Man? Man. You're correct. Okay. (laughs) 
Okay. My love language is cuddling and walks. Prepare to fall in love with me quickly. Dog. Dog. Okay. Uh, no man saying prepare to fall in love with me on his dating profile. <laughs> this last one is my favourite because it genuinely could be either. Okay. <laughs> Together, we could walk around a park. <laughs> man or dog? Man? <laughs> dog. <laughs> no, wait, is that one? Wait, let me just calculate because there was three of each. One. Two. No, that, that is a man. <laughs> See, they're so they're so tricky that even I got mixed up. Wow. Did that you did you enjoy that segment? segment? That was I didn't I wasn't sure what to expect when you said surprise segment. It was not that, but that was that exceeded <laughs> any expectations I had. It's because I was sending screenshots of like the borrow my doggy profiles to my housemate and she was like, you know what? Some of these things sound like they could be dating profiles. I reckon it should be a segment on the podcast. So <laughs> all credits go to Ellen for that. Because shout, shout I just thought that Ellen. was a hilarious <laughs> podcast se- segment. And I will continue to send you them. I will continue to send you them as I come across funny ones. <laughs> Please do, because that is actually hilarious. It just made me laugh together. We could walk in a park. That literally... It's like... That confused me and I made the game. <laughs> it's ironic because, like, the dogs obviously haven't written their own profiles. <laughs> really? <laughs> what? <laughs> but the, it's like the dogs have elevated themselves to human level, whereas some of the men have sort of, like, taken themselves down a little bit. Why are you like that? I think what we can conclude from this is that men and dogs are actually closer than we think to being the same. (laughs) So that is the final thing in my roundup. Just thought we'd spice up the uh, roundup this week. We've introduced two new segments, the weekly highs and lows. And uh, what's the good good, uh, name for the segment? Man or dog. Man versus dog. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. But guys, if you also have a weekly... <laughs> I don't know why I announced it. Guys, please guys. <laughs> Hold on. But if you guys also have a weekly high or low to share with us, I would really love for you to go and let them know. Let us know them on our Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I actually think maybe we should put a um, like a sticker on our Instagram mm-hmm. story and then you can put your high and low in and we can repost some. 100 that'd be fun let's do that the first 100 of the episode but yeah i will definitely definitely share a little like question box on wednesday when the episode goes live and then you can let us know your highs and lows because i think it'll be great to share with that being said let's leave this chaotic ground up <laughs> and move on to the main section Okay, so this week it was Em's turn to choose our main topic of the episode, so I'll hand it over to you to let everyone know what we're going to be talking about. Thank you for handing over that metaphorical mic. Um, (laughs) So this week is actually, we've only just realised when we were exporting the first section then, that it's actually episode 20, which is cool. That is very cool. Episode 20 never. Yeah, congrats to us. And we've never (laughs) recorded one in person yet, which is a bit sad. Um, But... Definitely when we started this podcast, we were doing a lot of weekly themes that were more about, you know, our creative hobbies and being Mm -hmm. content creators and all of that fun stuff. And then obviously it got to a point where there wasn't a lot more we could say um, and we moved on to more lifestyle. And I really love having that blend um, of lifestyle and then also talking about creative content. But we have had a lot of Agony Ant questions. I would even go as far to say as the majority of them in the last few weeks have been about how do I start a booktube channel or how do I start a creative project? How do Mm -hmm. I do it when I'm scared about failing? All of those good things or, well, no, fear of failing is not good. (laughs) (laughs) But all all kind of like grouped under that same umbrella of starting a creative project. So we thought we'd just Mm -hmm. do a little discussion episode where we talk about the creative projects we've started, maybe some that didn't work out as well, maybe some that did, and just how we go about it, how to push past that initial fear of starting a project and just go for it. So I think that's the that's the theme. Starting a creative project, all of that fun stuff. So let's maybe first for anyone that might be listening that's new, or for anyone that probably has listened maybe in the last few weeks and knows that we talk about lifestyle things, but doesn't know maybe how our podcast started and why we started it. Because we're spinning plates is all about the plates we spin creatively. So if we just do a you know a rundown of the creative projects, we could drink every time I say that word. Um, all of the <laughs> projects that we have on the go. Drink. Drink. <laughs> Would be absolutely smashed. 
<laughs> uh, okay, so currently the creative projects that we have on the go, and by we, I mean I, because I'm an individual person, um, it, it, it would be <laughs> this podcast, We're Spinning Plates, which is currently just my favourite. I love it. Yeah. So shout out to this podcast. Um, I then also have my main YouTube channel, which is where I talk about mostly books as well as I share lifestyle vlogs, some food content and just generally talk about things that I really like. And then I also have a second YouTube channel, which is a yoga YouTube channel. I am a yoga teacher, so I share yoga videos on there, although that has definitely been on a bit of a hiatus during the house move situation. Um, and then technically, I have a blog that I haven't used for didn't very, even know you had a blog very long time. <laughs> I actually, literally, just as you started introducing the episode, got it up on my laptop because I was <laughs> like, I wonder when I started this blog. And my first ever blog post was called "Hello Autumn," and it was on the fourth so September, on brand for Kira, <laughs> twenty fourteen. So I started a blog first, um, and that was my first ever creative project. So that still exists but I don't really use it anymore. And then there's Instagram, which yeah, also don't really use, but <clears throat> it there. <laughs> it there. It exists. <laughs> um, is that is that all of them? Is that your... That's yeah. me. That's me and my creative plates. So plates-wise, obviously, I also have this podcast. It is also my favourite. I will, do you just want to point out that if you listen to this and then go and try and find um, all any of these creative projects, I am on a hiatus from most of them, these last couple of weeks I definitely haven't been very consistent but I am going to get back on that game because you know life so I have mm-hmm. We're Spinning Plates our podcast I have at like I have at a little writer Emma several platforms so I have my YouTube channel um, and then I would say YouTube and Instagram are the main ones for there because I do put a lot of effort when I'm you know on top of my game into Instagram I think it's a really creative platform and I have a lot of fun with it so I have podcast YouTube Instagram and um, then I am an author so I'm not gonna lie, the writing hasn't been <laughs> hasn't been going very well recently. But I did have a book published in 2019, and writing is such a constant in my life. So I'm constantly starting creative projects, writing wise. Um, and then if we're going back to the the old days of blogging, when I was, I think it was 2014 for me as well. 2014 to 2016, mm-hmm. I was actually a beauty blogger. <laughs> wow yeah I used to get like beauty events which is so funny now because I'm not sure how I created so many blog posts about makeup like I don't think I could do that now um mm-hmm. but yeah that was another one that obviously I launched that when I was quite young and that was really fun as well so we definitely have a lot of plates between us we like a good old creative project we do and I I'm just currently I'm looking at my second ever blog post which I thought it's a funny one so I thought I might just share something yeah it It literally says getting to know me 25 facts so this was written when I was 17 um and it starts off saying personally I always love to know a few facts about the person behind the blog so I thought I'd give you a bit of an insight and a lot of these facts are very similar to me right now it says when I'm not writing essays because I was doing my A-levels I love to read I've always been a total bookworm still true yeah mainly due to my love of reading I want to study English literature at uni I'm regretful but I did do that I'm a self-confessed <laughs> tea addict which is definitely true. true um autumn is my favorite season but I prefer Christmas to Halloween still true yeah um my boyfriend is my absolute favorite person ever (laughs) well that's not true anymore (laughs) (laughs) um oh this one's not true i'm a fussy eater although i've definitely made progress as this time last year my diet pretty much consisted of toast mashed potato and super noodles oh my god the ideal diet (laughs) (laughs) i know my mum was like she hosted an intervention for me she's like you need to eat something else that's not super noodles Um, (laughs) oh There's some very cute ones in here, but I just feel like not my best work, not my best creative (laughs) project. But I thought this would maybe lead us into the next bit, which is like getting started, because this clearly is not indicative of the creative content that I like to create now. But without creating this blog, I don't think I ever would have worked up the courage to start a YouTube channel. Um, Absolutely. And so what would be your like first piece of advice if someone was to say like how do you even start okay so (laughs) I do just want to interject here I've got my blog up it was called a small distraction the beauty blog and I just thought I'd read out my bio (laughs) just to and because I do feel like this is where it all began so mine says hi I'm Em 
You'll usually find me writing my book in a cafe. Oh, that's cute. At this point, when that bio was live, I was writing mine. How weird. That's so cute. So you'll usually find me writing my book in a cafe or rambling on about the latest beauty trends. Spoiler alert, (laughs) I like to talk about lip gloss. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, at that point in my life, I did like to talk about lip gloss. Um, But yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, this is not something I would create now. Um, I'm not embarrassed of the blog. I'm glad I did it. But I actually think in the trajectory of life. So I started this blog and I don't think I would have got my editor role on the student newspaper without this blog because I definitely mm-hmm. put that in my profile not my profile <laughs> I'm, not, I'm thinking about borrowing my doggy and hinge um I definitely wouldn't have put it on my application and then without the student newspaper I don't think I ever would have got um like my book published because that's how I found out about the publisher so it's like all a chain of events yeah. and I think it's important to point that out that on starting creative projects the first one you start isn't necessarily going to be your favorite or the most successful but it can you know, unlock a chain of events and open doors. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can't remember what question you asked me. (laughs) What was it? Advice (laughs) to anyone thinking about starting? Yeah, like, where would you really get started? So I would say think about, at the moment in time that you're starting the creative project, what is your passion? What do you think you can talk about without it sounding scripted or something that you're going to enjoy as well as Mm -hmm. treat as kind of like a job? Because I think that's something I've always done when starting projects. I remember my mum walking into the the living room when I was taking flat layers of lipstick when I was 16 and thinking like, and she was like, do you want to come on a walk with us? I was like, no, I've got to do this. It's work. I've always treated things like they're quite serious in the hopes that one day they would be. Um, Exactly. So I think you've got to pick something that you're passionate enough about that even if you do treat it quite seriously it will still feel fun um that's definitely a piece of advice I'd give even if that thing changes over time I mean I started out talking about makeup and I'm now talking about books and writing and I don't think Mm -hmm. you have to don't focus too much on what that thing is because as we've just you know shown it can change over time so pick something you're passionate about don't worry too much about what that is because your content and the way you produce content can change you're not trapped in that bubble we've definitely yeah. i know opened it more up to lifestyle content i mean this podcast is very lifestyle orientated isn't mm-hmm. it so um yeah you're not trapped in that bubble forever um what other advice would i give Maybe don't, like, try not to think about what other people will think of it because I think that's definitely something that can hold you back. I don't know if that's ever held you back creatively. Um, yeah, I feel like that was what held me back from starting a YouTube channel, for sure. Yeah. Because I was like, oh my god, this is so scary what people find it. And, like, surely that's the point of starting a YouTube channel. (laughs) But, like, the fear is also real. So I feel like that held me back from starting it earlier though I wanted to definitely and so I feel like if I had started earlier who knows what situation I'd be in now like you you just don't know but I feel like the fear of what other people think can hold you back but if you want to do something chances are you're probably gonna still want to do it so you might as well just do it yeah absolutely I actually started a booktube channel uh, called the bookshelf diaries and then I deleted it (laughs) when someone from school found it and I regret deleting that all the time because you never know like you say where, you where it could have been without it famous by now yeah although that was with another person actually that was like a two-person channel and like long term i'm unsure as to how that would have like how it worked when yeah. i went to university how that would have worked so you i am like happy that I started. <laughs> yeah i am happy i started it back up again but um it definitely did put me off for a while the thought of what people would think but as i get older we've talked about this before I just realised that life is short and you've got to do the things that make you happy and if people don't, you know, respect that, then they're not your type of people at the end of the day. Absolutely. And that is difficult to see. I think the younger you are, the harder it is to to envision because you don't really have a huge amount of control over your social circle when you're in school. Like, you are surrounded by people, not necessarily all your friends, but you have a group of peers around you who you feel like their opinions matter yeah whereas the older you get the smaller that circle becomes the less you have to spend time around people unless you actually want to and therefore you kind of start to understand that only the people who whose opinions you really value do you really need to listen to yeah um and so it is definitely probably the biggest thing that i wish i would have known is that those people don't really matter like the opinions of people who you don't even really choose to spend time with do not matter yeah it is definitely hard to And starting the projects, I think, can then lead to you meeting more like-minded people. 
which is what happened case to us. Case and point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> case and point. Oh, my sister's trying to ring me. Um, decline. Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. It can lead you to meeting more like-minded people. And I think it, it also shows you who actually respects you and cares about you. Um, because they'll mm-hmm. res- even if they don't understand the project, they will respect it. And it helps you to cut out the people that would not respect your project. So I think it is a hard one to... We've definitely... We've talked about this before. It's a hard one to kind of abandon that thought process of what would other people think, but it'll really hold you back from something that could be, you know, your favourite thing that you do in life. This podcast, my yeah. YouTube, I don't, like, I think I would enjoy life much less without them. And if I'd let people's, yeah. you know, because when we launched the podcast, it was scary. Like, is anyone going to listen? And if we'd listened to those thoughts, then we never would have launched this and it's now our favourite project that we do. I know, yeah, exactly. It's always like, oh my God, what if? But then you kind of have to counter that with the, like, what if it is like insanely popular what if people who you know would benefit from it find it you know like there's so many different what ifs and obviously the what ifs no one listens to it are the like worst case scenario so I just say counter that with giving yourself like the best case scenario chances are you'll fall somewhere in between those two scenarios yeah but without trying you'll never know and if you do start something and literally no one finds it, no one listens to it. It's not the worst thing in the world because chances are you still learned some skills from it mm-hmm. and then you can maybe like rebrand, regroup, figure out a different way to explore that creativity. So even if that worst case scenario does happen, which is so unlikely to, even if it does, like it's really not the worst thing in the world, though it might feel like it at the time, like everything can yeah. be a learning experience and it can open up new doors and I just feel like... Each creative project that you take on will help you to build a skill set, will help you to find new things, and I just feel like it's such a great thing. If you are creatively inclined, then having projects to focus on I think is really important, whether that is things that you do on your own or whether it's things that you share with the world. I just think having creative projects is really important for people with that kind of brain. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think of it like that because obviously one of my main creative projects and the one that is just so like has always been something that I've done is writing and until you put submit that to places that is a very kind of solitary hobby and it's just for yourself and even if you know in in that case you're not really worried about anyone you know seeing you fail because it's a very solitary project but even then that can be scary to get started there's nothing more scary than a blank page um Mm. but even that if you get started writing a book, for example, and you decide you don't want to write it, which has happened to me multiple times, for every manuscript that does see the light of day, there's a 20,000 word part manuscript that doesn't. Um, <laughs> it's all part of the process. You learn new skills just by doing. You will never become an author by not starting, but you might become one by just getting started and seeing what exactly. happens. Same goes for literally everything. And I think as well, this kind of comes back to the not thinking about what other people think because I think with creative projects until you are successful you can't win and I don't mean that in the sense that you shouldn't do them but I think in the eyes of judgmental people you're never going to be able to win until you are successful so if you start a YouTube channel until that channel looks successful people will be like what do you bother to do that for Mm. those people aren't worth listening to if you write a blog and you've not had any sponsored posts yet there will be people who'll be like oh why did you waste your time doing that what's the point don't listen to those people. If you are an author, but you've not yet had your book published and someone's like, oh, why do you spend your time writing? No one's even going to read that. Those people aren't worth listening to. If you're an artist and you're drawing and people are like, oh, why do you spend your time colouring in? Again, not worth listening to you because those will be the same types of people who, if you do see success, will be extremely impressed and be like, oh my God, that's so cool. How do you do that? And it's like, Mm. well, by starting by grinding through the times when no one's reading your work or no one's seeing your videos and they're just a people who you'll never be able to please and those types of people probably aren't very creative and therefore it's just really difficult for them to understand the process so if you are creative and you'll know if you are because you probably wouldn't be thinking about doing these things if you weren't then you should just go for it and don't let uncreative people try and like you know piss on your bonfire (laughs) (laughs) Never heard that before. I think that's, yeah, that's definitely a good final point. 
Um, sometimes the most valuable part of the creative project is that process before anyone ever sees it, before you ever see any some any form of quantifiable success. That process of finding your groove, finding how you be creative and how you express that is, I think, what you'll look back on and appreciate mm-hmm. the most. Definitely, I enjoyed, for example, launching this podcast. I enjoyed the mm-hmm. actual publication of my book, obviously, but the times when we were coming up with those ideas for the podcast, when we were kind of sitting there and planning it, or the times when I was writing the book in my bedroom and just having fun with it, are the times that I look back on probably with the most appreciation and the most love. So yeah, it's all about the process. Please try and abandon thoughts of what other people think because the right people in your life will think positive things. And yeah, blank pages and new starts are scary, but think about what they could end up as. Exactly. My final piece of advice I kind of just thought about was just actively seek out similar people to you. Yeah. When I was a blogger, there were weekly chats on Twitter, like... (gasps) I remember the weekly chats. Yeah, like, I can't remember what they were all called. There was, like, hashtag... BB bloggers chat. BB bloggers, yeah. And then there was, like, um, there was book blogger one. There was like lifestyle and just like weekly blog chats where like someone would host it they would ask certain questions you could talk about yourself and it was a networking opportunity where you could talk about your blog but it was also just a way to make friends with people who were very very similar and who were also doing creative projects obviously on twitter there are booktube people on youtube you'll find booktube and i just feel like although it might not come very easily at first you feel like you're just like putting yourself out there to meet those new people that will infinitely help you with your creativity because you'll be surrounded by similar energy and without putting myself out there and reaching out to similar people we wouldn't even be doing this podcast because we wouldn't be friends and therefore we wouldn't have started this podcast. I don't like to think about a world in which we are not friends. (laughs) Well luckily you don't have to because we are. (laughs) But yeah making those connections will help you so much because it will just fill you with the confidence that you need to know that other people are also on this creative journey yeah and I think that will help you as well because you won't feel lonely you won't feel judged and instead you'll feel inspired so yeah love that love that for you (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good way to round this up I feel like we could talk about this in depth like a lot Mm -hmm. more so if you do like this kind of conversation about creative projects I know we also got a lot of questions about how do you grow a creative project which could be another episode that we do because I think that's a whole conversation in itself but let us Mm -hmm. know if you do like hearing about this because that is you know why our podcast is called what it is um creative projects on the go all the time so let us know if you liked this theme I definitely enjoyed discussing it um Mm -hmm. and let's move on to the agony ant column All right, back to Agony Am. It's been a couple of weeks, or it feels like a long time since we've done an Agony yeah, Am because definitely. we, of course, took a hiatus week. And then last week was just a full-on question and answer episode, so we didn't do an Agony Am section. So it's good to be back, putting my Agony Am hat Guess back who's on. back with a brand new track. It's Em and Kira, us, Agony Ants. <laughs> Uh, so I just had a second hand embarrassment so first hand embarrassment just embarrassment (laughs) love it so moving on to agony ant questions there's a little bit of a theme for this week's agony ant section and that is the theme of mental health which is such an important topic so the first question is quite a short one but the person specifically said um any advice on how to reach out for help with mental health and then this person specified that they were talking about um, their experiences with an eating disorder but i think what we're going to say could probably be applied to just yeah, general absolutely. mental health and reaching out for help and support so for an extra bit of context this is something i have direct experience with because as a teenager i did have issues with disordered eating that I saw professional help for so I definitely feel like as a teenager life's a bit different because you don't really have the control of the situation in the same way so I was in year 10 at school when I was referred to CAMS shout out to CAMS child (laughs) and adolescent mental health service (laughs) we've all had our CAMS experiences (laughs) 
<laughs> halfway there. I feel like that's very niche. But I have seen quite a few TikToks about cams and how bad they are. And it's like <laughs> a super niche section of TikTok. But regardless, um, this happened because a friend of mine actually told the teacher at school that I was uh, dealing with some issues with eating. The teachers then told my mum. Mum took me to the doctor. The doctor referred me to cams. Right. So it was kind of out of my control I wasn't best pleased with it but then my dad through his work actually has access to um Bupa healthcare which when I was under 18 I was also covered by his Bupa so because the waiting list for cams can be extensive I also saw a private counsellor for a few months um between the referral of cams and actually getting to see them and I also saw the school counsellor so a whole host of mental health professionals um and I do think that eating disorders or at least from my own experience can be very much about control and so asking for help is relinquishing that control so it is really really difficult but I think you just have to be honest with someone who's close to you whether that is a teacher or someone if you're at school uh someone at work because I know at certain workplaces um they offer occupational health. I know at my work, I've never used it, but we actually have like, um, I can't even remember what it's called now, but basically part of our work package is that they pay into a private healthcare system so you can access like certain services um, and then you can top it up and pay for things yourself. So that could be things like physiotherapy or like some people get like masseuses and things like that. So like there's a whole range of things, dental, all that kind of thing. But I would imagine that things like that like counselling would also be covered where you could get like a subsidised rate. Yeah. So there's loads of different ways to go about it and different people to reach out to, whether that's a friend, whether that is writing something down because that feels easier than saying something out loud. Um, but you just have to relinquish that control and kind of just like tell yourself essentially that like as brutal as it sounds, your two choices are to stay as you are, holding on to the control, but likely also holding on to your own unhappiness because the the voice in your head or whatever is with your eating disorder kind of tells you that you should stay with it and that will make you happy. Likelihood is if you're even thinking about asking for help, you kind of know that that's not true and it's never going to bring you true happiness. So you kind of have to just weigh up the odds of like, do you want to stay with doing what you're doing or do you want to deal with the difficulty of giving up that control but then potentially open yourself up to actually getting better and being happy and once you have opened up yourself to relinquishing that control things do get easier because it's not going to be the sudden just like disappearance of any kind of eating disorder thoughts or anything like that but it does mean that there are other people around you then to hold you accountable whether that is just friends and family or whether that's professionals it just means that you don't have to have the whole burden for yourself so yeah basically just tell someone (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm gonna you've definitely given a lot of really good advice there so I'm just gonna add on like briefly at the end I have had um experiences reaching out for help both as a child or a teenager um under 18 and as an adult and definitely the way that you go about getting help I think is different when you're an adult and a child because of the Mm -hmm. services that are provided but both times I can't speak for any other kind of circumstance other than going to your GP the GP is how I did it both times um and that has proved to be really effective for me in getting on a waiting list. Um, but I know there are a lot of other ways that you can reach out for help, like through charities or mm-hmm. through, I know like, I know some people that have gone through their religious institution and that has helped as well. So there's definitely yeah. research to be done there. But both times it felt like kind of a build up of emotion. And when you keep something in, and you don't tell anyone, it can feel like a lot worse in your head. Like it can feel like you're never going to get better or you're never going to be able to kind of tackle this issue that you're having head on. And both times, I can obviously only speak for my own experience. So um, Mm -hmm. both times it got to the point where like you build it up, but the moment you tell someone and share that burden, it becomes a little bit more manageable even before you make Mm -hmm. like the practical steps of getting on a waiting list or, um, you know, seeing a therapist or anything like that. That first step of telling someone and reaching out is the hardest, I would say, because you are sharing something that you might be a little bit embarrassed of. No need to be whatsoever, but I know from, you know, feeling it myself and I'm sure you do too. Mm -hmm. um, Like it is difficult. You might feel like it's 
you're relinquishing that control as you said and it is a scary thing but the moment you do it a problem shared is a problem halved and it becomes Mm -hmm. it it becomes less like you against the world and more like you working with the world to get better so absolutely it doesn't have to be a parent it doesn't have to be a relative just someone that you trust it could be a colleague it could be a friend it could be your neighbor it could be your family just Mm -hmm. i would really really recommend just you know, you don't have to open up about everything, but just admit that you're struggling to someone. And the moment that you do that, it does feel a little, or at least in my experience, it feels a little bit more manageable. And then you can go from there and work out with someone else. They can help you research, um, Mm -hmm. maybe help you, you know, figure out where you want to go for the next stage of that process. But opening up is always, for me at least, and like you said, for you as well, the first step. And it is a tough one, but I promise that it is worth it. Absolutely. So that was the first question we had, and that was obviously from the perspective of reaching out. How do you reach out when you know you need support? Mm -hmm. And then the second question that we got was, how do you support a friend that's struggling? And this one isn't specific to mental health. It could be, I think, specific. No, not specific at all. It could relate to (laughs) the opposite of specific. Um, You know, when they're struggling with anything, a friend could be, you know, going through a breakup, or they could be struggling with Mm -hmm. mental health, or they could be grieving. Any, you know, any of those things, when you have a friend that's struggling, how do you support them? And I think that's even more difficult um, in the past year. And it's even still now, lockdowns are, lockdown restrictions are easy but it is more difficult to physically support a friend so mm-hmm. especially in the last year when a lot of people have been struggling you can't be there physically as well so it is you know sometimes difficult to figure out the best way to support a friend so do you have any advice for someone that wants to support someone else um i mean the first thing i would think to do would be to literally just like ask them like yeah is there anything i can do because not everyone need support in the same way and what might feel like something that would help you might not help that person it might feel like you're being overbearing or not giving them space or maybe that you're not being on it enough you're not talking to them often enough like it's just difficult to know what someone might want what might overwhelm them what might actually help them so I think just like simply asking like is there anything I could do to help you maybe suggesting a few things like do you want to go for a walk together or maybe if it is something to do with mental health like do you want me to come to an appointment with you or how about we have dinner together either outside or via facetime or something like that and just maybe offer them a few things so you're not putting the whole burden on them to ask you to help them but you're also offering them some options so that then they can let you know what makes them feel comfortable and what would actually help and I think from there you'll start to build a picture of like what might actually help them in the situation and you can kind of take it from there definitely and I think another important first step is if someone in a situation where someone might come to you so you actively know they are struggling um Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people's first instinct is to maybe brush it off and say I'm struggling with this like haha it's not a big deal like I I definitely Mm -hmm. do that if I'm struggling like I try and make it seem like a smaller possum as smaller possum a smaller problem as <laughs> possible possum. so I think sometimes just taking a moment to say no if it's a big deal to you it is a big deal and it's totally yeah. like whatever you're feeling is totally valid and even if I haven't directly experienced that even if I can't completely understand the experience you're having I support you I'm here for you and whatever you're feeling it's valid and I'm validating that mm-hmm. because I think that often with a lot of these situations it is so reassuring to have someone say I might not get it, but you are, it's okay to be feeling this way. It's valid. I support you. Like that Mm -hmm. goes a long way. A little goes a long way in that sense. I think if you're struggling, the worst thing that you could have someone do is to basically be like, I don't really get it. Yeah. Um, Nah, I don't really think that's a bit dramatic or I I wouldn't react like that because that's not going to help anyone. If you really genuinely don't feel like you can help a friend, if you feel like you are that type of person where you are not very empathetic then it might be best to just take a step back and not really get involved because that will really make things worse yeah so they're deaf but yeah if you can just be open and say i'm here for you whatever you need you know let's work through it together then yeah I like i might not always really say the right someone. thing like yeah, yeah i might not always say what like the exact right thing because i but i am um, you can say whatever you want to me and i will not judge and i will try my best and um yeah. i think more practical ways like 
if someone is maybe struggling with the research of how they can get help for certain things, helping with that research, there's so much on the internet. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really good way of showing that you care. Um, if yeah. you know that someone, if someone is very far away and you can't physically get to them, which has happened, you know, a lot in the past year, um, maybe sending them a little food shop or sending them, mm-hmm. my friend sent me brownies in the post. I mentioned it last week as well. And that, <laughs> honestly, it's such a little thing. It takes five minutes to organize. But to know that someone cares enough to do that is so, like, such a massive thing. Um, So there are a lot of practical things you can do. There are a lot of just emotional support you can do. Um, And FaceTime is a massive thing, I think. Not everyone wants to speak all the time. I know for me, actually, when I'm feeling, you know, down, sometimes it's not about speaking. It's just about knowing someone's there. So you could even just FaceTime and both be getting on with your days or both be muted but watching the TV, but knowing that someone Mm -hmm. is there if if you need them is also a big thing. I totally agree because if you're already struggling then the prospect of like maintaining a conversation for a long time and trying to feel upbeat is probably the exact opposite of what you need and could be really draining but like watching a tv show at the same time or you know having a meal together something like that I think would be really nice just to have a shared experience but with no pressure for the person who is struggling to act as if they're not struggling essentially. Yeah. So there are just a few tips. I think there's so much you can do to support a friend, even if you don't, you know, haven't directly experienced what they're experiencing, or if you're not with them physically and you're trying to do Mm -hmm. it long distance, there's definitely so many ways to do it. But I think it's really, really nice that you care enough to ask that question. I think that, that says a lot about the fact that you will be able to support them in the fact that you care enough to ask about the best way to support them. This person is probably a very good friend. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So I think that is a good point to wrap it up. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. really important that we kind of shone a light on mental health and struggling in this yeah. week's Agony Ant column because, you know, not everyone is upbeat all the time. Life is definitely a series of highs and lows. And so mm-hmm. it's important to know what to do if you experience one of those lows or someone that you know experiences one of those lows. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Definitely. <laughs> Love that for you. <laughs> the trio of adjectives. <laughs> Is it an adjective? I don't know. English. I student. honestly don't know. Yeah. I didn't do English language, so please don't. <laughs> please, don't please don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, with that little English language malfunction, we will be ending this episode here. So I hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know if you have any Agony Ant questions. We have an Agony Ant form, which is completely anonymous. Um, let us know if you liked hearing about creative projects and let us know if you liked Man versus Dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely the highlight of this episode for me I'm not gonna lie <laughs> highlight of my week episode of my week oh it's getting to the point it's getting to the point bongola bongola <laughs> tiktok is taking over my life okay signing out Bye. we'll see you next week <laughs>